have a little intimate group this evening. We had a nice discussion this morning at some length, huh? About the uh, significance or the role that Narasimha Dev plays in the Gore Leela. Many, many topics we branched into there. Um, so tomorrow we'll have another formal lecture on the subject of our gathering, Narasimha, and many of the twists and turns and underlying currents and stories that are all part of this very exceptional Leela that, uh, as we discussed today, covers 13 plus chapters, really, directly and indirectly, of the Srimad Bhagavatam. More attention has been given to Narasimha there, as I mentioned, in Srimad Bhagavatam than any other avatar. Hmm? And um, we see, we saw this morning for good, for good reason. And um, quite, uh, the Hilil is quite wide-ranging in its implications, um, both in terms of import and uh, and uh, and uh, numerous. Philosophy, I mean to say, and, and feelings um, that uh, move in and around and underneath the uh, the leela of his appearance—very extraordinary and very useful, helpful to us to discuss. And that's the specialty, of course, of the Bhagavatam. I won't go into this because I'm just going to stop here and ask for questions. But we'll talk more about it tomorrow. But I'll end on at least with. For the moment, on this note, that um, this is the, the speciality of the uh, Bhagavad Purana, Srimad Bhagavatam. The story is told elsewhere in innumerable places, but like all of the stories that we find throughout the Puranic literature, hmm, uh, being repeated in different texts and so forth, in different ways to make different points and so forth. Hmm, um, they're kind of like narratives, if you will, based on a true story, like you see the movies, based on a true story, but embellished to make a particular point or to see it from a certain angle, to emphasize it in a particular way. It's uh, similar to the whole idea of the hagiographic, is it, literature. That's in a sense political in its content, and it has a policy, or I mean to say, that it, an agenda that it wants to make through the narrative of the saint or the avatars, maybe the cases, uh, descent, one that's not different from what he or she is about, but. Um, um, but a particular aspect, for example, of what um, the uh, the subject, the person, uh, the hero or heroine, is about Chaitanya Charitamrita, for example, has this, is a, such a literature. Chaitanya Bhagwat also, and they take have different angles of vision on the same 
subject, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu. So it's interesting to, to think a little bit about how the literatures are written, what kind of poetic license is taken, and so forth. And, and it carries through, as I say, or back into also the uh, the Puranic historical narratives where the same stories are filtered and refiltered and represented from different perspectives, from perspectives of the different gunas, uh, for example, and uh, with different emphases and different uh, different seeking to bring out different points, but that in particular, if we look at that, uh, what I'm speaking about, then we can appreciate the Bhagavatam because it does the same thing. It tells the story of Parikshit and Sukadeva, for example, which gives birth to the Bhagavatam itself in a different way than we find it in the Mahabharata. Hmm? Um, Just to give an example, but the stories as they're told in the Bhagavatam, are so rich in terms of the feeling of the, the feeling behind the, the 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 stories, the sentiments, the really it's the showcasing the the bhavas that make the the world of Bhagwan go round hmm? that he's driven by the sarup shakti that drives governs the lila. It, it it researches this, it plumbs the depth of that, and so. It's so rich in comparison. If you read the narrative of the Vishnu Purana, for example, of the story in Jaya Jaya, put you to sleep comparatively, hmm? as, as as is told in the Bhagavatam, and in, also brought out by the by the by the tradition of of commentary and the commentary of the Gaudias in particular, who hold the book so dear to their hearts, as it was to the heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is our book, so to speak, the Bhagavatam, Diva Goswami has, has made a strong case that that it is the text around which all of the sacred texts of the Hindus orbit and 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 and, and derive context from, hmm? as it's told in the Bhagavat and as it's told somewhere else. Those stories have to be balanced out, hmm? and other narratives in relation to the Bhagavat. It's a, it's it's uh, the central piece, the last word, if you will, of of Vyas. It's interesting that the Chaitanya Charitamrita in the Gaudiya tradition has been called by one scholar the fi- what is it the final word. <laughs> well, the Bhagavatam is the final word, and the Chaitanya Charitamrita is the final final word. <laughs> it is the it is the distilled essence of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? So, such a rich, uh, from a literary point of view, rich, from a philosophical point of view, from a theological point of view, and from above and beyond. Um, and, and those things, rich philosophically, rich theologically, rich, rich uh, liter- from a literary point of view, from a poetic point of view, all is necessary, really, that richness uh, to serve its central uh, purpose of of bringing out the, the richness of the, the feelings behind things. This is what we really mean by rasa. Hmm? It's the feeling. Raso vai saha. Hmm? Raso, raso hum apso, apso kondeya. It begins in the, in the Upanishads. Gita Upanishad. Taitare Upanishad. I am the taste in water. 
Krishna in Gita identified himself with taste. Hmm? Taste. Feeling. Hmm? In the in Taitreya Upanishad, Rasuvahi Saha in the in the Anandavali, the chapter dealing with Ananda. Hmm? Different levels of Ananda are discussed as it comes to the end. Rasuvahi Saha and Brahman is rasa, taste, hmm? taste. So for, see, from a theological point of view, to draw out the implications of that taste means feeling. It, it means, for example, to give a, just a, a practical example to us to appreciate the point, um, when they have the World Series, hmm? let's use a sports example. You like baseball or football? Football, football, okay. So, you know, it's the ninth inning. No, it's the fourth quarter. <laughs> the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. We just had a Super Bowl recently. It was the fourth quarter, and they're at the one. They were at the one yard line too. I heard it. They're at the one yard line, and um, and was down to the last seconds, and so forth. And so, what happened? Well, what happened was. Hmm, there was one yard of distance to go, and then a ball moved backwards about two feet, and then it was raised and thrown at a particular trajectory in a particular direction, and one fellow missed it, and another person caught it and fell on the ground. That's what happened. Hmm? That's what happened. But that doesn't do much for you, does it? <laughs> that doesn't like, well, we should watch that. <laughs> it doesn't sound, uh, you know, a pig's skin was moved, you know, a couple feet backwards and thrown a few feet forward at one person, and another person caught it and he fell on the ground. And then a bunch of people jumped around. So that is what happened. That is a way of explaining it. Hmm? The ball went at this velocity, and and this this you know this guy went here, and it was called this, and so forth. But this is devoid of the of what they're all you know there for the feeling of it, the emotion behind it, hmm? and so it's an emotional affair it's not a, it's not the trajectory of the ball or the the uh, any of these physical if you will uh factors that get us uh get the I mean, it was the most i heard it was the most watched show in the history of of television recently so it's a big event so it's uh, it's a way apparently that a lot of the american public gets you know some relief or something from from the world in general. But anyway, the point is that the emotions, hmm? as I was saying this morning, we are emotional beings as humans, hmm? largely. Therefore, we say, yes, I know, Maharaj, but... Yes, I know, but... But means, I know, but I feel like this. So I know I should do this, but I feel like this. And that's what I'm going to do. Hmm? Unfortunately, because... As they say, well, feeling is often um, uh, in opposition to to knowing. 
the idea, of course, in bhakti is to is to bring the knowing and the feeling uh, together. So there's a baseline of knowing of Vedanta, hmm? and then there's feeling that arises out of that that's wise, and meaningful, and rich, and and so there's 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 some uh, some knowing, some math. If you will, it's like behind art, there's math. Behind music, there's math. It looks like, well, he just got talent. Or that guy's a great catcher, a great thrower. Hmm? This is born with a talent, something like that. But then, you know, they have these meetings in the sports and they analyze it mathematically, don't they? But they from every angle and they make calculations and then they consider history and thus um, percentages and and so on and so forth. All this is factored in and so forth to the to the game. Hmm? Um, that's all underlying. Hmm? And but and, but it's the canvas that gives rise to a particular feeling and is interpreted in a particular emotional way. And that's what that is the the chamatkar, the the awe, the the the, the, the wow moment. Rasa is actually described as as a wow. When you when you just something happens in nature or in the world or interaction it just makes you go, Whoa. And and that can be nuanced. Different types of whoa, that's heavy. Whoa, you're kidding me, that's great. Or again, different there are different varieties of wows. But that is the basic idea, just to give help us understand the so much what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is about by giving some practical kind of day-to-day examples, the wows in life, the awe, the chamatkaras means like amazement. It's at the, the, the root of what we call rasa, when feeling rises to a certain pitch and it stops everything. Wow. Just got to go, wow, that's all. Amazing. And you just kind of look at one another Something like that. <laughs> and what can you do? You can't say anything more about it, something like that. So so while there is, um, why we call it a wise love, because I say there's some math to that. There's the Vedanta, that you're, you know, you're, you're here, you're not there. You're consciousness, you're not matter. And, and um, matter is cognizant, and, and you're not, and, and there's Bhagwan, and there's, and there's, there's the Maya Shakti, the Sarup Shakti, this is all kind of the math, so it becomes a little complicated, and you, you think, I don't know if I can learn this. I remember when I first uh, met, the, uh, first went to uh, a temple, where I first, I guess I first encountered the literature of the, uh, the tradition, and it was in, I was on my way to Jamaica, to live in the in the in the jungle and meditate for the rest of my life <laughs> it was my plan, and um, I uh, somehow I met the devotees on New Year's Eve in Miami in Coconut Grove. So anyway, I spent the night at the temple, and they had a little manual about you know what was it called? I forget Hare Krishna man, how to be a devotee or something, you know, something like that. Yeah, it was an early one. And I thought, oh my God, I'll never be, I'll never make it in this group. You got to learn all this stuff, you know. And I, I, I thought this way. Up, I had no, you know, education. Barely got out of high school and uh, learning defect and so forth. 
<laughs> so I thought it's impossible for me to to learn this. But I had some. I, I like the feeling of it all. Hmm? I like the feeling. One fellow told me, in those days, was a you know it was a. It was common for young men to grow their hair long and and so forth. And here and so, and here I was with the shaved headed guys for the night, bald guys. Uh, which was uncommon at the time. And so I asked one of them, he, he said, in the morning, he said, we take a cold shower. I said, okay. You know, and then, uh, and then he said, uh, and I said, and why do you shave your heads? And for, to answer, I wanted an answer really for both things, which were peculiar in my opinion. And he said, he said, Prabhupada does that. Now, what kind of answer is that, you know? But I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. I thought they love somebody. They love somebody so much. He's drawn out so much love and affection for them that in a simple way, they want to show their love by being like him. They want to be like him. I thought it was a way of showing affection and identification with someone that you... You, you, you like, just like if you, you really like some star in the music world or something, then you may put their picture up and start wearing the kind of outfit they wear or something like that. And and uh, uh, so the, the fan base, you know, is uh, kind of imitative of, the, of, of uh, that person whom they... Uh, um, um, Worship in, in effect. So anyway, I, I, I liked the answer. It didn't have much math to it, if you will. And as I said, I was thinking, I don't know if I could do the math here, but I like the feeling of the whole thing is in some simple ways and so forth. So I was caught up by that, hmm? by the feeling. But of course, as I say, there is there is the math, and sometimes it's a little a little um, intimidating. We have different language and terminology and I personally try to speak about it often in, with different language and different ways than many of the devotees have been accustomed to hearing it so that it can, they can think about it from different angles and feel a little uncomfortable and and pay attention so to speak and think what is he talking about am I sure this is the right what so then then that helps us to Look at it more more closely and re-examine things that we thought we understood and so forth. So, so there's some value to all of that hmm? math. And the Bhagavatam is well. Hmm? What does it say there that uh, hmm, the uh, Puranas, Guru Purana, Artoyam Brahmasutranam, Artoyam Brahmasutranam, the Artha, the meaning of the Brahma Sutra. Which is like, oh, how do you figure that out? Atato Brahmajidnasha Shastra Yonitvat. These like codes. They're like this is Vyas, the legendary author of all the sacred texts of the Indians, of the Hindus, and he's he's seeking the idea is to do theology for the first time in the history of the world. That means to make some sense out of revelation. Out of a body of sounds that 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 represent reality in some way, called the Upanishads, the Veda, hmm? it's thought to be eternal. 
Mm-hmm. So to make some sense out of that and and and, and see how it those, those sounds work together to, in a in a coherent sense to, to make a concerted message, I look at this kind of revelation in the form of the sound of the Veda as kind of a, a dialogue between humanity and divinity. Hmm? It's answers. To what question? That's the you might ask. What's the question? The Veda, the Upanishad, these sounds are answers. What's the question? And the answer is, we are the question. Humanity is the question. Because humanity is that time in our material sojourn where we 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 embody we are the embodiment of an existential crisis. Hmm? Suddenly, we've passed through so many forms of life without having to think. What a burden. <laughs> now we have the human form of life, and we have to think, and we have to think, why? Oh, my God, why? You see, in animal life, there's not much thinking. There are how concerns, how to do this or that, but nature answers them. Hmm? Because the hows are all relative to our, uh, the aspect of ourselves that's identified with nature, our biological selves. Hmm? How to eat, to use Prabhupada's questions. How to sleep, how to protect yourself, hmm? how to mate, eat, sleep, mate, defend. How to do these things. Nature answers the questions for all the species of life. Hmm? The how questions are answered by nature because they're questions that are per- to pertain to nature hmm? and the side of us that is constituted of, of the natural world. She can answer those questions. So that so that so they're kind of kind of questions for tigers and coyotes here and deers. Coyotes wonder how to get something to eat and deers wonder how to protect myself from coyotes. So well, one is asking a how to eat question, another is asking how to defend myself question, and and the world, what is a what is a what is a funeral for one is a feast for another. Such is the nature of the world. Jivo hmm? One living being is food for another. The Bhagavad says in a very Darwinian sense. Of course, it doesn't leave it at that. Hmm? It goes on from there. Hmm? But, yes, that is the nature of the world. Hmm? And then so in the less complex forms of life, the trees, the birds, the bees, the beasts, the aquatics, and so on and so forth, there is kind of a how question, but it's, 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 it's kind of the answers is built into their existence. So it's, you don't have to think too much about it. A little bit in the higher forms of the animal kingdom, we find a little thinking about it, hmm? a little choosing and so forth. But when we get to human life, suddenly the why question becomes very prominent. Why am I? Meaning, value, this is, this is, is, a, is, a, is a concern. Keami, Sanatan asked Mahaprabhu, Keami, Kene, Jartapatrai, who am I? Means, why do I exist? What is the purpose? What is the meaning? All these questions 
They are coming from the subjective realm, hmm? not the objective world, not the natural world. Hmm? That's not asking the question, right? This is only a microphone because I think it, and you guys agree with me, that it's a microphone. Otherwise, it's just whatever, some parts, hmm, some metal, some some plastic. Hmm. But it has meaning and purpose. This is consciousness-driven. So all meaning, all purpose, it lies in, in consciousness, that elusive subject, that elusive I. You know what is the most... Most uh, most common word in every language. Well, you know, it's I. The word that's used most, I, this, I, that. Hmm. I want, I am, I wish, I was, I don't want. Hmm. I. It's the most used word in every language, and it's the most, it's the least understood. Hmm. What am I? <laughs> I this, I that, but what am I? Why am I? Hmm. Who am I? What, why? What? What? Why? Who? It all. I mean, I mean, the same. My, same thing. What is my purpose? I'm giving purpose to everything. What is my purpose? Hmm. This is. This is now. You can imagine, for an animal, suddenly to be pressed with questions like this, how bewildering that would be. Hmm? If suddenly we, we, we had to take the microphone and interview Mangala, one of our cows, very beautiful lady, who's bearing a calf at, at, at the moment, a few months pregnant, we said, give her the mic, start asking some questions, some serious questions. How do you feel? Huh? Uh, how do you feel? I mean, how do you really feel? I mean, I mean, how do you feel about you know the other two here? You know, and this is just just the just the it'd be like overwhelming, simple why questions like how do I? That's like a whole different framework. How do I? What? <laughs> why? It's not, I'm I'm absorbed in the natural world. Why questions don't arise? Hmm? Now, in human life, the subjective reality. Consciousness is coming to the fore, and it's bewildering. Suddenly, it's bewildering to us. We can can't digest it very easily, hmm? and so so it, it may, it, our lives become complicated. So, so we, as I'm saying, are a question. Human life is a question, hmm? and the Veda is the answer. The Upanishads, the Gita, the answer. Because this answer to the question, why, meaning, purpose, and so forth, is an answer that can't come, as I've said, from the natural world. I mean, from the biological world, or even the psychological world. Hmm? It has to come from the subjective, super-subjective world, the consciousness world. Hmm? That's where the sounds are coming from. They're answering to the why and 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 they 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 are directed to well the human society not to the tree society or to the animal society they're directed to those who are asking the question who are the question why am i 
What is my purpose? Hmm? And they reply, Om. Hmm? The question being, for example, how can I be happy? Can I be happy? I want to be happy forever. That's what my actions show. I want to be perfectly happy. The only reason I want knowledge is that my actions will be so perfectly informed that they will make me perfectly happy. Can I have that? And the very first utterance of the sacred text is, Om, it's a big affirmation. It says, yes, it's an affirmation. What you want, it can be had. Om. And then, how to go about that. Hmm? How to go about that. So this is a conversation, as I look at it. The revelation, and and the, the answer, and the humans, the question, and it's ongoing conversation the, so that and then there's the commentarial you know tradition of explaining so these sutras of Vyas were the first attempt in human society to make sense about of the answers because the answers are like spoken in 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 um, in they're speaking about something that lies beyond thought beyond language so they're spoken in a way that says that 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 seeks to tell us even the very way that they're spoken that language by language you can by word you cannot go there by mind you cannot go there hmm? what you are about and what your potential is lies beyond word beyond thought hmm? so how can we talk about it how can we think about it? Sometimes in this shruti we find neti, neti, not this, not that, not this, not that. That's very profound. You're not this, you're not that. You are, but you're not this or that. Hmm? Anything, any identification with the natural world, American, Indian, black, white, man, woman, you're not this, you're not that, but you are. You are. Hmm. It speaks to us in a different way because we're used to thinking and speaking in a, in, in, a, in a different way. We're used to thinking in a way by which we can capture the reality in the fist of our intellect, know it, subsume it, measure it, conquer it. Hmm? So the, the texts speak to us in a different way. We have to start thinking in a different way. And again, it, it, we're just beginning with children. Hmm? As humans, just the, the, the soul is being born, so to speak, right? It's coming above the surface in human life. So some spoon feeding is there, some sounds. And Vyas tried to reason about them. That's what we call theology, to make sense out of, out of revelation. And he did so by taking some notes, Atato Brahma Jignasu again Shastrionitva Tarko Pratishtanat. Hmm? It's very difficult to make sense out of his notes. Hmm? Just like if someone's listening to my my lecture and taking notes and then you go, What was the lecture about? You give the notes and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> okay. 
hard to sort that out. So, but this is what Vyasa did in shorthand, hmm? right? And then, then after compiling all the texts and still feeling unsatisfied that I haven't, like, I don't know, I don't feel I've conveyed the, the thing properly. I'm not feeling satisfied. And Nard appears on the scene and says, "Yes, of course, because you haven't spoken about rasa, about bhakti, hmm? in no uncertain terms." Go sit samadhi nusmaratad bicheshtitam. Sit in samadhi, you're very qualified. What you will get from that, then in the language of samadhi, samadhi basha, hmm. come with that. And he did. That is the Bhagavatam. In some long hand, hmm, taking his notes. Hmm. So there's he, this is the math then of the Bhagavatam. Right? So there's, there's math to that. There's philosophy and uh, theology and uh, a, a philosophical kind of canvas, if you will. Um, he explained his trance. What did, it, what did he say in his trance? What did, he, what did he come out and say, as is recorded by Sutta? Hmm? Hmm? So many things, he said, five, six, seven verses there explaining there's jiva tattva, there's maya tattva, there's avatar tattva, there's srup shakti, maya shakti, tatasta shakti, all these things he saw. Achintya beda beda, he saw Godhead and his shaktis, one and different. This becomes then the center, uh, in a sense, philosophical center hub of the Bhagavatam, around which its various statements orbit and are to be understood in the context of. So there's some math there, and it's a little intimidating, right? The language, hmm? a little intimidating. But it's important, that language. It's the canvas in which the art of, of, of Leela Rasa is, is drawn, so it's important for us to understand it. Hmm. Where, we, you know, we want rasa. Where does rasa come from? Somebody asked me this. Where does rasa come from? Hmm. That's it. That's it. That's that's part of the philosophical answer. Matir basanaya sadvi bashate kapikasyajit. Answers are there. The question is asked by Sri Rupa himself and answered by himself in the same verse. Karnam guna sangasyo sarasa joni janmasu. It makes no difference. We are, we are of a particular nature that lends itself to nurture. Part of the very last commentary on the Bhagavatam, the 53rd verse of the 13th chapter of the 10th canto in the middle of the Brahma Vimohanalila. This is where my Guru Maharaj Prabhupada left the world. He entered the book there. Hmm? And in his commentary on that verse relevant to the text, hmm? what Brahma saw, the display of Aishvarya in the Brahma Vimohan Lila when Krishna stole the, when Brahma stole the calves and the coward boys and then he, Krishna showed extraordinary opulence, majesty, right? He showed innumerable Vishnus emanating from him. Whereas in Narayan there are innumerable universes emanating from Krishna, there were innumerable Vishnus, innumerable Narayans emanating, and universes with the Brahmas and Shivas and 
He saw this all in Brindaban. Hmm. What is the Aishvarya of Brindaban? It's known for its madhurya, its sweetness. You think, all the Aishvaryas in Mathura and Dwarka. No, don't think like that. It's all in Vrindavan. Hmm? Madhurya is, is dependent on Aishvarya. Without Aishvarya, there cannot be Madhurya. If Krishna is not God, then his leelas aren't, human-like leelas are not sweet. Hmm? Hmm. So he saw this, and then the description of it, anyway, this is the last verse in Prabhupada's comments there. Karnam guna sangha sarasajoni janmasu. It's one of my favorite verses from the Gita. Karnam guna sangha, the cause of one's nature is karnam guna sangha. Guna sangha. What does sangha mean? This is a sangha. Association. Guna means here in this context the modes of nature. What we are. How many times have you heard? What we are, Prabhupada said, if you associate with alcoholics, then you'll become a drinker. Will anyone argue with that? Hmm? That, a, that, a, that, a, that a child's adulthood will have so much, will depend so much upon their environment, especially in their childhood. Hmm? And otherwise, later on in life as well. So to some extent, materially speaking, we are the product of our environment. We have a certain nature, and it lends itself to nurture. Nurture being the environment, the association. So Karnam Guna Sangasya, he's talking about Swabhav Prabhupada, which is mentioned in the verse nature. One's nature is a product of association. And the same holds true spiritually. Hmm? Karnam, the cause of our swabhav, gunasangasya. Hmm? Then he goes through it. So there's, this, there's the tamaguna, the rajaguna, the sattvaguna. We should come to sattvaguna. Then we have a nice nature, he says. Hmm? Varnashram is focused on trying to bring us to sattva so that we may be psychologically balanced. We can't, of course, bhakti is transcendent to Varnashram, but we borrow some things from it, like principles of hygiene and sattvic sensibilities and so forth. We incorporate them naturally into our into our bhakti. Hmm? So he's advocating like Then, of course, he goes on to say, and similarly, hmm, our spiritual nature, swabhav, is a product of what? What kind of sangha? Guna sangha? Nirguna Sangha. What is another name for that? Hmm? Hmm? Sadhu Sangha. Hmm? That is what Rupa says. Ratir Vasanaya Swadvi. The Swadvi, the taste, the Bhava. He says, I have just explained there are so many stais, so many dominant emotions that define a person in the spiritual world. There is Dasya. There is Shanta. Dasya. Sakya, Vatsalya, Madurja, they define hmm, the associates of Krishna, d- defining emotions, hmm, he says. Hmm. And Rup- then Sri Rupa poses the question, out of all of these that I've discussed, the question may arise, are they all equal or is there a gradation between them? Hmm? 
And if there is a gradation between them, in which which makes one, in 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 one sense, more than another, hmm, then why doesn't everybody choose that one? That's what Rupa asks. It's very nice. Verse comes twice in Chaitanya Charitamrita also. Fourth, fourth chapter of Adi Lila, eighth chapter of Madi Lila, which of course are very esoteric chapters. Eighth chapter meaning Ramananda's conversation with Ramananda Roy. Fourth chapter is explaining the, the internal reasons for Krishna's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's advent. These are two very esoteric chapters of Chaitanya Charitamrita. About the nature, ultimately the nature of spiritual feeling. He says, yeah, there is a gradation. There is a gradation. What you can find in Shanta is also there in Dasya and something more. And what you can find in Dasya is also there in Sakya and something more. And what you can find in Dasya is also there in Vatsalya and something more. And what you can find in Madhurya is also there in the others and something more, in a basic sense. Just like the examples given of what? In ether there is sound. And in air there is sound and touch. And in fire there is sound, touch and form. And in water there is sound, touch, form and taste. And in earth, there's sound, form, touch, taste, and smell. Hmm? Something like this. Hmm? Similarly, there's a gradation between the rasas. But then we would think, okay, knowing that, we will all choose the best one, right? So the so-called best one. He says, but we don't see that that happens. Why is that? Ratir basanaya sadvi... Because where this rasa comes from, where this taste comes from, where this this opportunity comes from, is from association, basana, basana from samskaras, from bhakti, from previous association in this life or in previous life with sadhus. Where does bhakti come from? From bhaktas, from devotees, right? Is bhakti rasa part of bhakti? <laughs> Is prema bhakti bhakti? Yes. Where does it come from then? It comes from devotees. We have in us the capacity to take advantage of that. We have the potential to love. Hmm? And according to our association, we'll grow and love in a particular way. Hmm? Hmm. So this is this is an example, right, of a, of a math issue, right? So you we want to talk about rasa. We can we can talk about it. We can just tell the story, <laughs> and that, that's pretty good. <laughs> whatever it may be, whatever the leela may be, and everyone would be would be charmed by that. Hmm? Not everybody. Some people need more math for it to make sense to them and so forth. Uh, and for us really to participate in it more deeply hmm, and understand the implications of it and so forth. 
and be in an ongoing way, in the beginning at least, for some time, motivated to go forward. I mean, our intelligence has to be engaged. So the philosophy, the math, if you will, of the Bhagavatam is also there, and it's, con- it's considerable. Hmm? And it's all, if you do the math, you get the equation and you get the wow. Hmm? You get the wise love. You get the chamatkar and feeling. Hmm? And then you can speak about it in such a way and if you, you, that, that you have the feeling and you know the math. And then if you know the math, then you, this is a good, good, that kind of person is good for explaining these things, helping us to go deeply within it. Hmm? Keep our tradition alive and rich. You know, we're talking about the next few days here since, since this morning, I'm half man, half lion that we worship. Like, okay. <laughs> you want to sell that to the public? You know, you have to <laughs> dig a little deeply. This is a story of the Bhagavatam. Covers ten, thir- ten chapters directly, three chapters plus indirectly. Hmm? What's that all about? Hmm? Bhagavatam gives the answers. All the feeling behind that. Hmm? So much feeling coming from that. And what's the math to it all? It's very, so it's a very, very, as I say, a very rich, um, rich text. The Bhagavatam. We're very, very blessed to, to, to have the Gaudiya even understanding of the Bhagavatam. These Gaudiya people, our lineage, it specializes in this book, the Bhagavatam. As again, as I began, Jiva Goswami made the argument that of all the texts, the Upanishad, the Gita, the Mahabharata, the different Puranas, the Itihasas, the Tantras, and all this stuff, it's a, just a jungle of sounds. He, he said, the center is the Bhagavatam. Everything orbits around this. Everybody, Everything will be understood in that context if you put the Bhagavatam in the center. Hmm? Was a very genius um, thing that he that he did there in his Sandarbhas, Tattva Sandarbha, and then in the context of the Bhagavatam, he says, "Okay, the Bhagavatam is the center. Let's understand the Bhagavatam. So how will you understand the Bhagavatam?" He just gives it just to give it, uh, you know, a, 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 a glimpse to his his, his his genius. He says, "Well, that's easy. Let's look at the trance of Vyasadeva that it came out of." Here it is. In fact, in the first can, right in the seventh chapter. Huh. What do you know? Hmm? Here Vyasa was told by Nard in the previous chapter to enter into tra- into Samadhi. And what you come out with, that'll be the solution to your despondency. Then you write something from there. He There, Sutta Goswami describes... Uh, is it Sutta? Hmm. Yeah, to Sanaka and the, and the, and the, and the Rishis of Daimishiranya. What was what Vyasa experienced in the trance? Then you go, oh, well, that must be what, in a, foot, in a core philosophical sense, this is the metaphysic that the Bhagavatam is based on. It's not a Dvaita. It's not Dvaita. It's not, it's not Vishishta Dvaita. It's not Dvaita Dvaita. Hmm? It's, it's Panchima Purushartha, Prima Pumarto, Mahan. It's a chintya, beda beda, dvaita dvaita chintya. Hmm? It's very special. It's not one, it's not different, it's not one sometimes, different sometimes, nuanced oneness. Vishishta dvaita, nuanced oneness. Dvaita dvaita, sometimes one, sometimes different. No. Dvaita, different. Advaita, non different. All these things are understandable. 
Dvaita, Dvaita at the same time. Beta, Beta at the same time. How? Achintya. By Achintya Shakti is possible. Hmm? This, is, this is not a intellectual reading of the environment. It's like as it is, Prabhupada's term. It means as it is, reading the environment as it is. Take love, for example. I've given this example before. Love is what? Is two, becoming one, and remaining two. <laughs> That's impossible. How could two can become one and remain two at the same time? This is what, what love is about. Hmm? It's kind of a, you know, guitar, changing heart. You take my heart, I'll take your heart. You become me, I become you. Whether, in, in the Gaudiya text, therefore you find Radharani, this is the essence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. She's saying, Radharani and Krishna don't know the difference between one another. Hmm? That's the Yuga Mila, they don't know the difference. That is the, the melting we find in Ramananda Samvad. Hmm? When it reaches its high point hmm, of the sadhya, these two, Mahabhav, Rasaraj, Duyek, Rup. Radharani says elsewhere in through the pen of Kavikarnapur, those, as anyone who says, I love you, does not know anything about love. I love you. Ah, you know nothing about love. Hmm. Because in love, that who is you? Who is you? And who is I? We cannot sort it out. You and I are there, but we can't sort out who's who. We are one, and we're different. We're at the same. There's you and there's I, but who's who? Hmm? Right. And Krishna comes home with a with a with a with a blue shawl, right? <laughs> and Radharani with a yellow shawl. <laughs> Who's who? You need two balls in the morning to straighten that out. The mother is sort of what they what's happened last night? What's going on here? Hmm? <laughs> uh, so this then this is a very I mean all these things like I said, Dwaita, Adwait, these are all understandable intellectually. They are all readings of the environment that try to take the mystery out of it to some extent. Mahaprabhu says, don't take the mystery out of it. That's the best part. <laughs> it's mysterious. God has achinta shakti, by which that he is one and different with everything. He's imminent and transcendent at the same time. Hmm? I mean, it's a big discussion. What is achinta beta beta? Radha Krishna pranai vikutiladini shakti rasmad. Hmm? And the one Krishna, Radha Krishna, his 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 pranai, his love, transforms into two, in, 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 to make two. Eko bahusham. This is the general understanding. Vishnu becomes many, and here we are. Hmm? The one desire to become many. And it has its place in the paravyom also. This is within the jurisdiction of the maya shakti. The one becomes many. And in Golok, it happens, Eko Bahusham, the one becomes more than one. Hmm? And that's the thing, once there's more than one, then there's going to be two and three. So once there's Radha, hmm, then there are many little Radhas. There's a little Radha, as I say, in every devotee. 
a little Hadini, hmm? Shakti, Bhakti, Shakti, Surup Shakti in every devotee. Hmm? How can she do justice to who is Krishna? Therefore, there need to be many devotees. Hmm? Many devotees, just like in Golok. She expands into many, many gopis. You read about that one gopi and you think, huh, it's kind of a limited life she has. Kind of weird. Therefore, you have to think they're human-like. Hmm. She only does this. She never does. She never gets angry. At, you know, she, no, she represents one particular emotional moment. Hmm. Hmm. And that expressed in relation to the Absolute is not static. We think we should have the full range of all emotions and do all kind of... Hmm. And none of them are satisfying. <laughs> but to be one emotion fully reposed in the perfect object of love for in one pastime, in one aspect of one pastime, you can live forever. Hmm. You never find an end to it. This is Anantas Sage's problem. You cannot find an end to one part of one pastime. Hmm? The sutras say, what is the sutra? Cannot be spoken about. Beyond where the mind goes, returns. Where the language, words go and return. Cannot do justice. Cannot take us there. This, of course, is, a, is Shankar's interpretation. Be quiet. And what is our response? Yes, you should be quiet, Shankar. You should be quiet. Sit down. Be peaceful. Shanti, Shanti. Don't disturb by talking. And we will interpret the verse like this. The nature of the Absolute is such that being beyond words, being beyond thought, there's not enough we can say about it. There's not enough that we could think about to write about it. We'll be always busy talking about it hmm? and never fully add it, glorify it. What did Rupa say in his dramas? Such a nice verse. Oh, the power of these two syllables, Krishna. When they, ent when they enter the courtyard of the heart and dance there, all the senses become fixed on the courtyard of the heart and incapable of functioning in relation to the sense objects. Hmm? At that time, I pray, he says, for millions of ears and millions of tongues to be able to do justice to these two syllables, Krishna. Hmm? There need to be many gopis. Varada's love to be fully expressed. She can express all at once or one part of it at one time. If Krishna wants just one part, go here, go there, and she will take them, take him there, take that gopi. I will bring that gopi to him then. And so it plays itself out also beyond there. There must be so many devotees. The whole, everyone, the, an, the inanimate world must become devotees to adequately glorify him, to, 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 to try to put into words and action and thought hmm, all, the, all that the center is about, holding the circumference as it is. Hmm. Hmm. This is the message we find 
in in in, in Bhagavatam so beautifully uh, presented there, so thoughtfully and with such feeling, showcasing the feelings of love for Krishna. And this is also kind of sangha. From that book, we get the sangha. There are the centers of the Bhagavatam, the Vatsalya center, the Dhammadar Leela in three or four chapters, the Sakirasa center, Brahmavimohan Leela and Adenakasur Leela, the Sringarasa Madura center, the Rasa Leela in five chapters. These are the centers. And the Rasa is the center of those centers. And But all these beautiful stories and so the such deep meaning, so such, such great possibility there to consume us, to captivate us entirely, hmm? so that we have no time, no time for anything else, no time for anything else. Hmm? This is the end game, and the end is now. Hmm? Prabhupada used to say that sometimes people say that spiritual life is when I get old, I'll take this up. And what did he say? What old means close to death, who can say they are not close? Hmm? Every morning, we can say what? I'm closer. I'm closer. Hmm? So with some with some urgency, you can see Prabhupada writing about it with some urgency. Vyas writing with some sense of urgency when he says, what is that verse? No. No, he says, what is the word for creation? Another one. Hmm? Sargo. Yatad visargo janatag viplavo yasmin pratislokam avadhavati api. What the Namani Antasya Shon Kitaniya Srinvanti Gayanti Gnanti Sadhu. He says this Bhagavatam is another creation. Tatyatadbisargo Janatagaviplavo. It's a world you can live inside of. I'm writing about it. Hmm? Yes Yatadbisargo Janatagaviplavo Yasmin Pratislokam Abhadhabatyapi. And in my writing, I'm writing, I'm pressed with some sense of urgency. Hmm? This I've discovered. I went deep inside and I found something very rich, very valuable. I dove very deep to the bottom, the depths of the spiritual ocean and I found something so valuable there. Hmm? I found a fire at the bottom of the ocean. Hmm? <laughs> this was a poet, Sankirtan. There's a fire at the bottom of the ocean. It's another story. I found it. I come to the surface to try to talk about it, and I have, I'm, I cannot put it in words. I'm trying, and in my effort, yasmin prati slokam abhadhavati there may be some grammatical problem or defect or error. Please, you overlook that. Don't let that get in the way. He's saying this humbly, out of a book that is so. Poetically, literary, from a literary point of view, so beautiful and artistic as it should be to try to give voice to to such inner artistry, if you will, hmm? feeling. 
still he says, there may be some fault. You please overlook that. And then we, and in his verse we hear, he has a sense of urgency. This is important. It's completely consuming me. I've written everything else. My mind is the sky. He says, my mind is like the sky. This is Vyas. In other words, everything is in the sky. Hmm? My mind is the sky and all knowledge is found in there. I have been, my name is Krishna Dwaipayana and I got the Avesh hmm? of Bhagwan, of, of Gyan. My mind is the sky and all knowledge is contained there. Hmm? I offer to you the tree of knowledge, Nigamakalpa Taroa. And I want to say to you, Galitam Falam. One of the fruits has fa- the fruit has fallen. Falam Galitam. The fruit of the tree of knowledge. News to you. I want to give you the news. There's a tree of knowledge called the Veda. It's vast. Like the sky. Hmm? All knowledge is there. So many branches, like a huge banyan tree, making branches into roots and trees and the forest. Where do you begin and where do you end? And I want to tell you, I went, I climbed the tree, I tasted the fruit, and I've dropped it carefully. Hmm? I found, I found, Nard handed me the fruit. I'm passing it to Sugadev. And through this parampara, you could get it. It's like now, right there, like a, like a tree that, like like the mango that fell to the ground. It's so ripe and it's, it hasn't been bruised. Pick it up. It's ripe. It's the it's it's the essence of the whole thing. I've come. To, this is my book now. You don't have to read anything else. Indeed, I think. And Nara told me that that all my other books are a waste of time. They could be burned. Vyasa's own testimony. You can burn the Upanishads, everything. Hmm? Save the Gita. But you can burn it all. Hmm? <laughs> it works so well with the Bhagavatam, the latter being the sequel, theological sequel to the to the Gita. Hmm? We come to the shore there. Sarva Dharman Pritya Mami Kam Sharanam Braja. We come to the to the Start. I shall. Krishna says, "I shall have no other god before me." <laughs> this is the Gita. Sarva Dharman Pritya Mami come, Mami come, Sharanam. Do that. Do Sharanam, Saranagati to me and me only. And why do I say that? Because look and see. Here's my life, Srimad Bhagavatam. And this is what I want you to be part of. Hmm? It is Rasananda, my whole life. Hmm? Everything here and everything, every every movement, every is is ecstasy. Hmm? Every, 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 every. What does Brahma say? Shyakanta kanta parama purusha kalpa taravo. He's so nice. He he described that world, Brahma. He had a glimpse, he says, and among other things. And there, 
All of the walking is dancing. All of the talking is song. And leave it to us. Leave it to the Gaudiya people. Leave it to the Guru Parampara. What does Guru Parampara mean? Not that everything stops and the successor guru says only what the previous guru said and nothing more. If he says anything more, he or she is suspect. No, we should expect something more. Vyas gave the Bhagavad to Sugadev. And then when Sugadev, the occasion came for Sugadev to speak to Parikshit Maharaj, hmm? Vyas didn't say, oh, I already know that. I tossed that, taught that to him. Hmm? Turned to Nard and say, what do you want to do today? No, they were there in the assembly. Vyas, the guru of Sugadev. And Narada, the guru of Vyas. What will he say? He, he put this in his heart. What will it do there? It's an ongoing like conversation, this revelation with the after. What will how will it strike him? Certainly it will fall within certain philosophical parameters that constitute the spiritual, but within that so many possibilities lie. What will he come out with? What point will it go, will it focus on? They were eager to hear. Hmm? Just before that, I was making the same point. Hmm? Hmm? Oh, a little after. Hmm? Right. This is the meaning of Guru Parampara. Hmm? It doesn't. It means there will be more. We should not suspect. They should not be suspect if they say something more. We should expect that they will say something more. Sukadev, yes, Sukha means parrot, but he's not known for just parroting what Vyas told him. Hmm? But the other characteristic of the parrot is said to be that by tasting the fruit, it becomes sweeter. Hmm? Sweeter. Something more. Hmm? This is the idea, isn't it? Hmm. Ongoing. Hmm. Hmm. In such a way that it, that, that it can consume us entirely. Hmm. Hmm. So, there's a great uh, contribution, the Bhagavad, and, and the stories there, we to understand them, to discuss them. This is... This is something we can sit forever and, and 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 try to plumb the depths of the ocean of the Bhagavatam's attempt to 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 do to do justice to its to its to its subject. Hmm? This is the, what we've come together for. Vyas hmm? hmm. again speaking with some urgency. This can consume you. In a, in a way that you will be uh, fully satisfied. It will completely exhaust your sensual, mental, and intellectual capacity. And the and self will come to the surface and with all its potential. So you're lucky to have this. I'm lucky to have all of your good company, association, earnestness, interest to come in the forest. Hmm? Out here, like some uncivilized people. Hmm? 
sitting around the fire and so forth. Where are we in relation to the developed world? Hmm? Where is Vrindavan <laughs> in relation to the developed world? This is the whole point. Is it isn't just a village of cow people. Hmm? Underdeveloped, undereducated. They just know what they need to know to be perfectly happy. Hmm? And that's what they personify, the Brajaliva. Perfectly happy. Hmm? Perfectly happy. In, in, in their, in, in, even in their distress, perfectly happy, isn't it? Hmm? Even in the, even in their separation from Krishna. Hmm? And here, perfectly unhappy. <laughs> perfectly unhappy. No matter how you do justice, seat, move a little bit one way or the other. It's never quite right. So we have a great opportunity to gather like this. I say I consider myself fortunate to be in such company hmm, where these topics come can come to the fore. Are there any contributions from others, thoughts, questions? Yes, Subal. I don't know if now's a good time, but uh, I've always been really, really charmed by the Radharamandi. And then when you said today about the Radharamandi and the combination of the Mahidis of Mandala, just the relation of that, it really sparked my mind. You could elaborate. Well, <laughs> well, that's it. We were explaining how Prahlad Maharaj was absorbed in thoughts of Krishna. And while absorbed in thoughts of Krishna, Krishna, clever as he is, in the form of Narasimha, appeared to deal with Hiranyakasipu, who thought he had beat the system hmm? by negotiating with Brahma that he wouldn't die at night or the day or the uh, from a man or an animal or by any weapon or so on and so forth. Hmm? So Krishna is very clever. He, of course, obviously is able to demonstrate in his form of Narasimha that you can't beat the system like this. You can't think your way into into immortality. It's not possible. Hmm. These are uh, intellect, mind, body. These are not, uh, they don't have any, they're counterfeit. They don't have any real currency for purchasing land or a house in a land where there's no death. Hmm? No. Hmm? E- e- even, if you, even if you get a passport, Atmaram, hmm? and know the self, which is possible. Even without bhakti, you could have an atmaram. Hmm? Sanatana Goswami makes the point in Bhagavatam, he says, but who cares? It's such a small thing anyway. Hmm? He says, more or less, what good's a passport without a visa? <laughs> you went to all the trouble to get a passport, but don't you know you need a visa too? Just because you have a passport, does that mean you'll get a visa? No. Hmm? To enter there, we need the grace. As a passport means, I'm not this body. Visa means that's another thing. You had a good sadhu. <laughs> Took you to the consulate and said, give him a 
Give him a visa. Give him a visa. From Navadweep, we're saying. He's got this. He's okay. From Gore, he's coming from Goreside. Let him in. Let her go. Give her a visa. So, anyway, right. Prahlad was meditating upon Krishna and Narasimha appeared. And Gopal Bhatta Goswami was meditating on Narasimha and Krishna appeared. So, Narasimha is a certain form of Krishna. And that incident is the one you're referring to where Gopal Bhatta was meditating on the Shringa Leela and desiring to have a, f- a form of the deity that he could do Sringar to dress and decorate and so forth as opposed to the Shila, which doesn't lend itself to that. Meditating on on, the, on this the Shringa Chaturdasi, which is tomorrow, hmm, very intensely, and he woke up in the morning and the Shila had turned into the deity, the stone, Radharaman, and his hip was right on one side of this, like the, if you take a circle and went like this, this is his shoulder, this is his hip, hmm, in a beautiful form of Krishna. Very refined features, only 12 inches. It said it's impossible to, to carve such a small figure in such detail, out of stone in such detail. Hmm? Many ways to talk about it, but we just take Gopal Bhatta's <laughs> testimony. Hmm? And the amazement of the Goswamis, who, for example, had established Madan Mohan, Sambandha, Govinda Dev, Abhidev, and Gopinath the Prayojan. It is said that after Krishna departed, his grandson was left, and so they wanted to make a deity of Krishna. And so the, the deity was made, and the grandson was brought in and, and said, Does this look like him? Hmm? And he said, Up to the waist. So I said, Okay, try again. Hmm? Again, the carver came, made a second deity, and said, That's really good from the waist up to the neck. Again, another one, third try. He said, oh, the head is perfect. Hmm? This means sambandha, the legs of the, the stand on, the conceptual orientation. Arms means the abhideya, the way to put that conceptual orientation into action. Bhakti and prayojan means the fruit, the smiling face of Krishna. These are the what the subject, the, the, what the sacred texts are divided into, these three subjects. But when these Goswamis, each you had the three different deities that had come under their care, hmm, um, saw Radha Raman, Gopal Goswami's, Gopal Bhatta Goswami's deity, they said, oh, he's, he's got all three in one. Hmm? All three in one. He is the answer to the, the promise of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who told you, Gopal Bhatta as a young boy in the south, Take care of your parents until they retire, and then go to Vrindavan. Now you'll meet me again there. Hmm? He meet him, met him again, and he sent him in a dream to the Gandaki in Nepal, where he got the shilas, to his amazement, and he brought them back. And then, in his contemplation, sincerely on on the Shringa Chaturthi, the the deity manifest. Hmm? And so this is called Radha Raman, hmm? although Radha's not there. Raman is there, hmm? but they considered, oh, this is, he is, he is Radha, and he's, Radha is there by name, by Nam, Radha Nam, she is there. Hmm? 
and inform. Krishna's there. Inform is there. And in name she is there. They have a little place for her. Maybe shoes or something like that. She's there in the name. So the deity has a name. The name is Radha Raman. You're looking, you see only Raman. But you can't be Raman without Radha, without, with Radha. Without Radha. Hmm? This is the point, right? Hmm? And they three reason that, as Prabhupada just say, Krishna standing alone is not so beautiful. But standing next to Radha, then he's very charming. So when they were so charmed by the form of Radha Raman, of Raman they knew, oh, Radha's here. <laughs> we have to call him Radha Raman. Hmm? Otherwise, how we could be so charmed? Hmm? And then, of course, the theological reasoning goes further and, and, and says what? Hmm? This deity is Radha Raman, is Radha and Krishna. Yes, he's in a dark form as Krishna, but he's Radha Raman. And who is Radha and Krishna combined? That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who said he'd come again hmm? and give you his darshan and Vrindavan. Huh? So it was fulfilled in the form of this uh, that prophecy or the promise fulfilled hmm? by uh, Krishna's appearing as as Radha Ramanji Kijai Gopalbhata Goswami Kijai. This deity is, of course, um, was the one deity that never had to move from Vrindavan when the Mughals invaded Vrindavan and caused disturbance and so forth. Some of the larger deities were 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 taken out of Vrindavan to Jaipur and other parts of Jai, of of, of uh, Rajasthan and so forth, where the Hindu rajas were more powerful and uh, didn't come under the attacks of Aurangzeb and uh, such, who were defiling the Hindu temples. But Radharamanji, he remained always in Vrindavan. Hmm? He never left there, and um, he's well protected. And worshipped by fifty families of descendants, disciplic descent, household disciplic descendants of of the of the yati of the, the renunciate Gopal Bhatta Goswami, hmm? and then they have a system of trading off the worship between the fifty families. It's like fifty-two weeks in a year, one family a week, or something like that. They have a system, and so when your week comes around and and all the all the all the disposable income that you've gathered for the year is disposed in the service of Radha Ramanji. Very nicely um, taken care of, and uh, has very nice entertainment. Usually in the evening, there's bungsi, flute playing, and uh, other other uh, uh, minstrels are in, invited to make a concert for him in the night, sort of the typical <laughs> events. The Goswamis there, uh, the caste Goswami, they're very, many of them very nice and cordial. They hosted Bhakti Siddhanta when he came to Vrindavan and was uh, abused by other sadhus. They did not abuse him. Hmm. I was fortunate to be invited there for the lunch from Radharaman. Uh, on occasion, so anyway, it's it's a very famous temple. Very fa- he's a very famous deity. Very um, human-like, but not human. 
right? When you look at them, you say, you, now the devotees, they want to make their deity superhuman and get the eyes that just really are real. That's <laughs> uh, uh, it's our, uh, our, our, our attempt to validate the subjective objectively rather than just leave the objective world enter the subjective world where this where where's where's Prabhupada said he was quoting Napoleon but there's no impossible is not found in the dictionary there so a little something all right we talked for some time I think we should stop and I'm sorry I wanted to ask questions but we just talked and talked but um now we'll have some prashad, and you can all talk and talk and uh, <laughs> about all these types of things. Shri Bhagavan Narasimha ki jai, Radharamanji ki jai, Radhagovinda ki jai, Radhamadavachi ki jai, Goranga Mahaprabhu ki jai, Jaisi Bhakti Bhadanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai, Shri Bhakti Raktuk Siddhadeva Goswami Maharaj ki jai, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada ki jai. Shri Bhakti Vinod Paribar ki jai, Gaur Bhakti Binda ki jai, Gaur Premanandi, Udipo. Dr. Vedanta Chakurai Swami ki jai.